You are listening to the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee Radio Broadcast. The host and executive producer is Dr. Janine James. All of their programs are archived, so go to www.timeforanawakening.com and place in the search portal, Elders. The Sankofa Council of Milwaukee is an affiliate of the Black Reality Think Tank Radio Network. Reach out to them at Sankofa Council MKE at gmail.com. And I repeat, Sankofa Council MKE at gmail.com. Finley Medical Clinic. We serve uninsured, underinsured, and insured individuals. Open Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Urgent Care Clinic Friday and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call for an appointment at 414-988-3079. Finley Medical Clinic is accepting new patients. Vaccines and screenings for uninsured, underinsured, and insured. Located at 10721 West Capitol Drive, Suite 110. Call our office for an appointment today at 414-988.
We point to their children who somehow survived the hells of enslavement and fought for emancipation in the Caribbean, the French, British, Dutch Caribbean, who fought for emancipation in South America, who fought for emancipation in Central America, who fought the struggles we refer to as the Civil War in the United States, who came out of that, marched out of enslavement through Reconstruction and found themselves making great migrations, eventually ending up in places like New York. Their children's children, who making a way for themselves, became our great-great-grandparents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents, our parents. Those who, when the first bones were discovered in this space, held their hands and said, Stop! No more! We are here to speak for those who can no longer speak with their mouths. We pour for those ancestors, some of whom came to Howard University in 2004 and followed these caskets all the way back to New York, we pray to the great ancestors, the ones whose names we know and the ones whose names we don't. And at this moment, as we pour this libation, I would ask anyone who feels comfortable to say the name of someone in your bloodline who is no longer physically here, but who you know made it possible for you to be here. Go ahead, let's hear the names. Haywood hey, Carr, Porter Griffin, Evelyn Glover. We pour to the names that we hold collectively. Ganga Zumba in Brazil. Toussaint Louverture, Jean-Jacques Dessalines, and Henri Christophe in Haiti. We pour to the great Avengers, Nandi of the Maroons of Jamaica. We pour to the great ancestors, Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Frederick Douglass. Say the names that you study. Who are the names of the ancestors that you have come to hold in your heart and your mind as you hope that you can do what they did for us, for your children and children's children? Let's say some of those famous names. Kwame Sarai, John Henry Clark, John Dr. Jackson, Jacob Carruthers. And finally, two final libations. We pour to those who make it possible for us to do what we do. We pour to these rangers who stand guardian over this sacred space. We pour to these Africans and these folks who have come from Howard University, the staff, the faculty, the administrators who brought us here today to bear witness. This is not a libation, but an affirmation because their hearts still beat, their tongues still speak, their minds still think, and their minds still wish the best for us. We pour for all of those people who surrounded us on this journey today and made it possible for us to be here. We pour this affirmation of thanks, Ashe. Ashe. And finally, we pour to your children's children's children who will one day stand on this fate and speak your name. History is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human geography. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go and what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship. Maybe the hardest part is you, if, if you teach, you have to live your teaching. 
You can't uh, say you do not as I do, but do as I say. No, no. You have to say, I'm doing my best to live what I teach. I have a painting by Phoebe of a group that she calls Sister Suki's Funeral. And they all the women, there are about nine women, and they, they all look like women in my grandmother's uh, prayer meeting group. So whenever I'm obliged to do something, I take that painting, and I look at that painting. There's an empty chair, and I think, now, what would Grandma do? What would she say? I can almost hear her voice say, now, sister, you know what's right. Just do right. You don't really have to ask anybody. The truth is, right may not be expedient. It may not be profitable. But it will satisfy your soul. It brings you the kind of protection that bodyguards can't give you. Try to be all you can be, to be the best human being you can be. Try to be that in your church, in your temple, Try to be that in your classroom. Do it because it is right to do. You see, people will know you. And they will add their prayers to your life. They'll wish you well. I think if your name is mentioned and people say, oh, hell, oh, damn, <laughs> I think you're doing something wrong. But if your name is mentioned and people say, oh, she's so sweet, he's so nice, oh, I love, oh, God bless her. There you are. So try to live your life in a way that you will not regret years of useless virtue and inertia and timidity. Take up the, uh, the battle. Take it up. It's yours. This is your life. This is your world. I'll be leaving it long before you under the ordinary set of circumstances. You make your own choices. You can decide life isn't worth living. And that would be the worst thing you can do. How do you know? So far. Try it. See. So pick it up. Pick up the battle and, and make it a better world. Just where you are. Yes. And it can be better, and it must be better, but it is up to us. All day I'd ask questions and 
You are listening to the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee Radio Broadcast. The host and executive producer is Dr. Janine James. All of their programs are archived, so go to www.timeforanawakening.com and place in the search portal, Elders. The Sankofa Council of Milwaukee is an affiliate of the Black Reality Think Tank Radio Network. Reach out to them at SankofaCouncilMKE at gmail.com. And I repeat, SankofaCouncilMKE at gmail.com. Welcome. This is Dr. Janine James, and we are the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee. I'm here with Sister Afua Maya, and we have a special treat when we have Queen Mother Shabaka here with us today as well. And our topic today is one that many of us can relate to, investing in our grandchildren. You have some grandchildren? Okay, well, we're going to be talking about that condition, that experience from the perspective of grandparents and what they can do to invest in their grandchildren. But before we go to that, Sister Afua, if you could share the purpose of the Sankofa Council of, with our bylaws. Yes, I can. Our purpose statement. Um, greetings to the Sankofa family um, who are listening this evening. Um, we're glad to have you and that you're here. Our Sankofa Council of Milwaukee purpose statement goes as the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee is an ever-evolving community dedicated to cultivating Sankofa, which is the reclaiming of our African memory, our African governance, and our African spirituality in order to provide a healing and empowering environment for people of African descent globally. Through an immersive exploration of study and practice, we amplify the principles of Ubusaba, which provides moral and unifying values as the foundation for consistent movement towards restoring our people to our traditional generations. We study and amplify the ancestral laws of Ma'at that allowed our ancestors to flourish, survive, and pass on a legacy of greatness 
and to interact harmoniously with the world by honoring the universal consciousness of all creation. We contribute the skill sets that we have acquired as we seek ways to share with our descendants the principles that have historically been our strength and that have sustained us through captivity, colonization, acculturation, and we are dedicated and committed for as long as it takes to fulfill this purpose. Ashe. Ashe. Thank you so much for getting us ready, Sister Afua, and with providing us that purpose statement that was beautiful. And we're just so happy to have you all here with us today. And Sister Fua, did you have some more information about how our how our listeners get engaged with us? Um, in regards to emails, contacting us, calling us, us. yes. Uh, sure. Um, we can be contacted um, with any questions or comments to the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee at gmail.com, and that is S-A-N-K-O-F-A, which is Sankofa Council, C-O-U-N-C-I-L, M-K-E, at gmail.com, and that, uh, that is all one um, spelling. Thank you. Thank welcome. you so much. Now, I'm, I'm really putting you to work, Sister Fula, today um, because we, we really appreciate you stepping in. Um, Mother Asarta Arti is with her family. So she's taking a little break, um, but I'm sure she's with us in spirit. And if you would please share with us today's ancestral profile. Sure. Bear with me. Our ancestral profile is a very special lady. Um, close to the heart of one of our of our hosts, Dr. James, we are talking about Miss Wilder Moss Brett, born on January 3rd of 1903 in Virginia. She and her two sisters grew up in Norwalk, Virginia. The Moss girls were very close. Walda had three children who also grew up in Norwich, Virginia. She was a domestic worker and was called upon to become the guardian to the three preschool-aged children of her daughter, Beatrice, when her health did not permit her to personally care for them herself. When the two older children became adolescents, they went to live with their father. Her granddaughter became a mother 
at an early age and Wilda assumed the care of her grand of her great grandson. When Dr. James entered um, Mama Wilda's life as the wife of her grandson, she had been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. She was very present, but she no longer recognized her grandson. We are very grateful for the willingness of Miss Moss to provide for her grandchildren shelter, food, clothing, and a connection to family, thus allowing the three siblings to stay together. She taught them to keep, to be kind, loving, hardworking human beings. They knew they were loved children. She taught them about God and participation in church, to be honest, law-abiding, productive citizens. She will tell her grandchildren, I may not be able to help you understand your homework, but I can make sure that you will be ready to learn. How many of us have heard that? Um, wow. The children developed well academically and completed college. All became successful adults, a physician, a registered nurse, and a factory manager who received a degree in education. She lived to, rec to recognize the success of her children and grandchildren. She was quite proud of her investment. Her needs were met with the assistance of her grandchildren. She continued to be otherwise healthy and independent. Ms. Wilda Moss Brent passed in 1994, joining her sisters, Mary, her daughter, Beatrice, and her husband. She has welcomed later her son, her sister, uh, Mama Nellie, grandson, James, and granddaughter, Shelly. Her daughter, um, Ernest, nephew, nephews and nieces, and her legacy continues in her grandsons, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. She knows, she's known by their success that her sacrifice were needed and appreciated. Rest in peace, Mama Moss, well done. We celebrate the many ancestors who planted necessary seeds for the development, nurturing, safety, and education of the next generation. Your leadership and legacy continues in the next generation. Ashe. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We have so many Ma Willards around whose story isn't told, but I hope by sharing that, it will remind you of the responsibilities that we have to our children, our grandchildren. And so, Sister Fua, my hat goes out to you. Thank you for, for telling um, Willard, Britt, 
story. It was my and, honor. And um, Queen Mother Shabaka, who who also provides our leadership, who felt the importance of us continuing the spirit of Nguza Saba, the principles, and I've asked that she share with us Nia. Queen Mother Shabaka. Yes. Peace and blessings, everyone. So honored to be asked to talk about Nia. <laughs> every every principle is my favorite one. So this is my favorite one this week. But it's a very important one. So Nia means purpose to make as our collective vocation the building and developing of our community in order to restore our people to our traditional greatness. Purpose encourages us to look within ourselves and to set personal goals that are beneficial to the community and to the world. So a vocation is an occupation to which a person is especially drawn or for which they are suited, trained, or qualified. And a collective is a group of entities that share or are motivated by at least one common issue of interest or work together to achieve a common objective. So we want to keep that in mind. In living Nia, our collective must be African people, black people, melanated people. Our traditional greatness consisted of leading the world by living in harmony with our divine nature and with each other. That's civilization. Living in harmony with nature involves loving and respecting the life force in all beings as divine and has a purpose to fulfill. It involves each one doing its part to fulfill the divine plan. It involves loving and respecting and being a beneficial presence on the planet. It involves loving and respecting our body by optimizing the care and nourishment we give it. It involves loving and respecting our spirit by living by the laws governing each part of it and using its powers for the fulfillment of the divine plan. This was the vocation of our people that led to the greatness of the Nile Valley and other great civilizations before and after. The great civilizations that had no need to conquer and plunder and murder and take captive other people. 
they lived by spiritual power. This was the greatness that the people of the North, who identified themselves as white, found when they migrated into Africa. Because they had not been in contact long enough to learn to live in harmony with nature, they did conquer, plunder, murder, and take captive the black people and nature. Since then, their collective vocation has been to replace those black people and their greatness. So our NIA, our purpose, must be to restore love and respect for nature and for our people by restoring our African memories, our African governance, and our African spirituality. Our vocation must be to collectively share a common interest of justice and independence for our people and to work together to achieve our common goal of greatness that we are made out of. That must be our personal purpose, our family purpose, our community purpose, and our world purpose. That's Nia. Thank you. Oh my gosh, how awesome, how awesome those words are. And we know that so many people have found themselves having to consider just these points. And when you know the principle of Nia, as has been presented to us by Queen Mother Shabaka, you don't feel so alone in not knowing what to do. So we've talked about the significant role grandparents have played in nation building, which is what we're we're talking about through our programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as grandparents, we know we are expected to love our grandchildren, but have we considered what we do with our grandchildren is an investment that comes with a dividend. We do not know the amount of that dividend, nor when it will be available, nor in what form the dividend may be. But without the investment, the returns may be low or even worse, a negative. We are seeing the impact of those who may not have had a grandparent in their lives. The relationship of a grandparent to a grandchild is quite different from that of a parent and their children. Haven't you heard it over and over? If I knew being a grandparent was going to be so nice, so much fun, I would have done that first. As grandparents, we all understand what people were talking about. Well, some of the roles are the same. There are many that are unique. I credit my grandmother, Lillian Coleman, to introducing me to cooking, sewing, reading, 
and a love for the movies. She wanted to be a grandmother like her friends, and she even sent my mother back to my dad after a breakup to get a grandbaby. <laughs> I spent every weekend with her until I went off to college. She paid for my weekly piano lessons, even for a weekly tutor in math when I was struggling. She worked for a physician doing what today's medical assistant does and more. When school was out and my mother had to work as a teacher, I was allowed to accompany my grandmother to her job. I helped her clean up the office, but I also was able to experience the many pictures, books, medical instruments, and displays. I love those occasions. I would later build upon that unusual and privileged experience to later also become a physician. I had also seen many of the medical words I would later speak so fluidly, like acetaminophen. I had a triple treat because these black doctors, a psychiatrist, general doctor, dentist, and eye doctor had more patients, had many patients, and I was able to experience each of their special worlds. I love to hear my grandmother change her demeanor as she answered the telephone. Dr. Beguest's office. That sound is so cool. My grandmother knew what drug sample was used to treat what illness. She even diagnosed her own diabetes. Downstairs was a pharmacy, but always there were the special treats awaiting us in the dry goods store across the street. If I was real lucky, we rode with the doctor in his late model Cadillac to the hospital where we would wait in the car while he rounded on a patient. And that was at Providence Hospital. I would become the first physician in our family, but I considered myself the child of a physician through these experiences. I do not know if my grandmother was intending to help me to become a doctor through such experiences, but she was always handing me some change to make the journey more palatable. She benefited certainly over time when I was able to talk doctor talk with the other doctors when she was hospitalized. The writing, the reading, the mock exams, for me, playing doctor paid off. But that was my journey. What experiences can you share about investing time in your grandchildren? And what would you like to discuss about what specifically you can do to be the pipeline to practice and not the pipeline to prison? The question I lay before you today our listeners, 
our council, what can we do? You've identified something beautiful, I'm sure, in each of your grandchildren. And I include your nieces, your nephews, and even your neighbor, somebody who's in your church. You've seen something that's worth an investment. So let's start. What can that investment be? So, Dr. James, I hear you setting up the invitation for our listeners to call, um, to share with us their experiences. And our number is area code 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. I look forward to hearing some of the stories before um, I start sharing. Thank you. Well, I put it out there for you, and I know you have some ideas out there that you can share with us, but we've got some grandparents right here in our studio, and You've been doing this longer than I have. I just have a year. I just came up on my first year of this experience. And I actually have three of those wonderful babies. So tell me, if you would, if you can share with us some of your ideas. And I'm going to put that question to the council. Well, congratulations on your one year. Um, Queen Mother, um, I would I would ask that if you have anything to share, um, to go first. Okay. Thank you for inviting me to go first. Um <clears throat> Most of my grandchildren are now well into the adult stage. Uh, I think the youngest is in college. And so now I'm working on the great-grandchildren. And one of my uh, great-grandchildren recently relocated uh, to another state and had to make the transition to a new school system. And this year she's going to be um, her second year in middle school, and she's going to be signing up to play volleyball. But she doesn't have experience in playing volleyball. So as we speak, I'm I'm online looking at a, a volleyball camp that she can go to uh, during the summer so that when she goes back to school, she will be ready for the volleyball. Recent experiences that we had together was I purchased the book by Sharon Zad Ali, um, 
things your parents should have told you. And she read the book to me, chapter by chapter. And as we went through that book, all the different topics that uh, the author had presented in the book, we had a chance to talk about them. And her remark when she um, completed the book was, can you have my parents read this book? <laughs> because she thought, you know, they need to know and to discuss those things with her. So it brought to my mind one of the traditions of Native Americans, as far as I have been told, is that the grandparents are the ones that raise the children because the parents don't have the maturity and the experience to be able to be the best at parenting. So I'm, I didn't get a, a lot of experience with my grandchildren because they are scattered all over the country. But uh, with the great-grandchildren, I'm getting a second chance. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to share that. That is awesome. Grandchildren, almost grown grandchildren, great, great-grandchildren that you're saying. Great-grandchildren almost grown. <laughs> Great-grandchildren almost grown. That is just awesome. Some of them are grown. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sister Fool, you got a message for us from our sponsor? Yes, I do. Um, sorry about that. I had everything turned upside down. <laughs> um, so our sponsor is eDoc Advice. Is the is a website created to provide a place to go to get answers to your health and medical concerns. Are you wanting more options than you feel you are getting? Let us help you problem solve. Go to our website and ask your question. Our experienced professionals will help you obtain the help you need that makes sense to you. Go to www.edocadvice.com. That is www.edocad. V-I-C dot com. Back to you, Dr. Chang. Well, boy, you're giving us something to think about in terms of the role and the responsibility of grandparents. Um, I, I was really, really, really pleased to get some grandchildren that could already speak, could, <laughs> could walk, could go to the bathroom by themselves. Ooh, I was so excited because those little folks 
has so much energy and strength and they can help me knock out a project that could take me weeks to do and I'm sitting around looking at this and they're coming with their little bright faces and I can say would you please take the trash out would you bring me a glass of water would you pick this up off the floor for me and they have such pretty smiles on their faces as they move about very different than working with your children so I just really 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 am so pleased to have these grandchildren that have already been uh, prepared but then I've got one that I also get to work with and it's been difficult with the pandemic because you know how germy little children are and so I, I'm a little cautious however we have the benefit of the phones I have to be tech savvy so that I can watch them as they're developing and standing and even trying to speak and just the thought of thinking about great-grandchildren on their journey getting ready to go off to college there's a lot of work that goes into that and we don't realize that it's not just about money my grandmother also would say I don't, I'm not going to have much money I'm not going to have any money to leave you but I can share what I have with you now and she did do just that so that is an investment that is an example of an investment um, that we do but our conversations the things that we heard from Maya Angelou in her spoken mm -hmm. word the conversations the song that we had better days Diane Rees as she spoke about the time saying prayers the conversations the questions I can think of some pretty heavy-duty questions that I was able to ask my grandmother who could respond in ways that might have embarrassed my mother but my grandmother was very straightforward about it and I certainly valued that kind of information that she provided to me okay sister Fua I've heard you say your grandmother <laughs> I am I'm a grandmother of a teenager um, and we don't have much time so if I if I could I um, as I was listening to your uh, connection with your grandmother it made me think of mine um, I was blessed to have been in the presence of my maternal grandmother unfortunately my um, paternal grandmother um, passed 
um, in the year of the year that I was born. Um, but I did get the chance to um, meet and spend some time with my paternal grandfather in uh, Jemison, Alabama. Um, and like I said, my grandparents were here in Milwaukee. Um, my grandmother, that's where I got my wisdom. I, I, I tell people, and I just had a conversation about this um, last week, actually, um, about how blessed I know I am because of my time and my journeys with my my grandma. Um, her name is Aura C. Jones. Um, we, in growing up, um, our neighborhoods were very small in the black community. And um, as a child, I lived about uh, a block, a block and a half from my grandparents. And um, my grandmother would come and um, as my grandfather worked because um, very blessed to have seen a man um, in the home who provided. My grandmother didn't have to work. Um, as far as I know, um, once she married him, she did not hold a job at all. And he married her with one child, um, so it became a blended family. And um, so I saw my grandmother provide in the house. She made sure when he came home that his meals were hot and you could see the smoke, the, the steam coming off the plate, off the food, when uh, she sat it on the plate for him to eat. Um, and so that, that instilled in me the love that she had for her man, not only that, but the appreciation to let him know, I appreciate you purchasing me, uh, purchasing a home and providing all that in this home. Um, they were property owners of two properties. Um, so um, I got a chance to, to be around that. My grandmother, uh, when I was in kindergarten, um, she would come to the house and get me ready for school because my mom was getting ready, had to go to work. And she would make me a peanut butter and bacon sandwich every morning. And I had a cold glass of milk. She would walk me to kindergarten class um, every day. Um, and I so appreciate um, that time that she shared with our conversations that we had. We talked about everything. Um, I never felt that I couldn't talk to my grandmother. Unfortunately, um, my grandmother passed uh, at a young age of 65 um, from can lung cancer. And so I only had about eight and 19 years with her. Those were some great years. Um, she was blessed to have um, been alive uh, at the end of her journey when my daughter was, was born. So she got a chance to hold her first great-grandchild. Um, and, and actually, she transitioned a month on the exact day of my daughter's birth. So 
how the universe works. Um, we are definitely at a time um, where we will be going into our um, top of the hour. So if you don't mind that I hold on until we come back. Okay. And you know what you Thanks know. for sharing. Y'all ready? Oh, very welcome. I'm very honored to talk about Gonna my, make a change. my grandma. For once in my life. Right now, you sing it too wild. It's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. Okay, this is why I shouldn't let y'all talk me into doing pop songs in church. Now, don't you bring all that Mariah Christina mess up in here. I don't care about hearing you. I want to hear God through you. As I turn up the collar on my favorite winter coat, this wind is blowing my mind. I see the kids in the street with not enough to eat. Who am I to be blind, pretending not to see their need? A summer's disregard, a broken bottle top, and a one-man soul. They follow each other on the wind, you know, cause they got nowhere to go. That's why I want you to know. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make a change.
Finley Medical Clinic. We serve uninsured, underinsured, and insured individuals. Open Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Urgent Care Clinic Friday and Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Call for an appointment at 414-988-3079. Finley Medical Clinic is accepting new patients. Vaccines and screenings for uninsured, underinsured, and insured. Located at 10721 West Capitol Drive, Suite 110. Call our office for an appointment today at 414-988. You are listening to the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee radio broadcast. The host and executive producer is Dr. Janine James. All of their programs are archived, so go to www.timeforanawakening.com and place in the search portal, Elders. The Sankofa Council of Milwaukee is an affiliate of the Black Reality Think Tank Radio Network. Reach out to them at Sankofa Council MKE at gmail.com. And I repeat, Sankofa Council MKE at gmail.com. Thank you. And we're Thank back. You. Yes, Sister Fua, you're welcoming us back too. Yes, yes. Um, and also would like to open an invitation for callers to the area code of 215-490-9832. Area code is 215-490-9832. And if you would like to learn more about the Sankofa Council of Milwaukee or the elders, learn why we sponsor this program, understand our purpose and mission, we welcome you to participate. Please send us an email to, again, sankofacouncilmke at gmail.com with your contact information and your interest. Um, if I may, um, Dr. James, um, to um, continue in regards to my grandparents, um, um, Booker T. Jones um, is my grandfather, and uh, uh, and he is, I call him my grandfather. I never identified him as my step-grandfather because he's the only grandfather um well, he's the he's the grandfather that I know. He never treated me. We never talked about the depth or anything like that. Like I said, I 
got a chance to go and visit in Alabama um, to um, be with my paternal grandfather, um, which was a lot different um, because of having someone here uh, with you all the time in the same city, um, you establish a different rapport. And uh, even though uh, Booker T. Um, Jones didn't speak a lot, his movement said a lot. Um, he wasn't a big talker, um, not at all, but, but you could see in his actions, um, he was, a like they say, that the old school of, I provide for you. Um, I'm, I make sure you have a roof and all of that. And uh, and so again, um, that's what I saw in him. But he, he definitely, in other ways, let us know that he loved us as well. And I want it for nothing. I, I've always been told I'm spoiled. Um, but I, uh, my mom always says, now that she has grandchildren and a great grandchild, they're loved. Um, so it's interesting how uh, the terminology changes when uh, they have grandchildren and uh, compared to raising you. So, um, um, I, like I said, there's many stories that I could, that I could uh, say about my grandmother and grandfather, but I've always got their support. Um, always, if I needed to um, get information um, for guidance, um, they were there. My grandmother, I really regret now that I'm older that I didn't stay in the kitchen with her and learn her recipes and especially her cakes. Um, and also gardening is something that I did, i say, um, sparingly with her. And I regret that I didn't learn. I got the wisdom, but I didn't get those skills from her and unfortunately I now regret all of that um, being a grandparent um, it's it's a different a different level than your children even though I love my children um, to no end but man it's it's a it's a different um, definitely a different high and um, but I, I I try to make sure that I keep a balance um, with my grandchild that I noticed my mother didn't do with me. Um, if, if uh, for example, for my my children, if uh, they wanted something and I said no, they knew to go, they could go to grandma. And grandma would override um, what I had to say. Um, so that caused uh, not major conflict, Constantly. Um, with my granddaughter, um, she and I, I'm loving her teen years. She's um, starting her first year in high school, and I'm really looking forward to it. We, we have um, various conversations because of now she's going into a different age group and a, a different environment of high school. So I'm one that's very open and real about my conversations. Um, I don't care how bad it is um, because I want her to know that she can come to me with anything and everything. And and I mean that with any, any questions, any issues, any problems, 
um, if she doesn't feel comfortable in going to her mother, she knows she, the door is open for her to come to me, and we'll go to her mother together. Um, but again, if my, if her mother says no, I have to respect that, and I don't try to override. But I do go and talk to my to my child and try to you know have a conversation in court or depending if I support it. Um, but I want to hear her side as a parent. Um, and if, if it makes sense to me um, and I am, and am in agreement with it, I will support my, my child um, in regards to the conversation with her, with her child. If it's not, I will try to throw out other options and try to get her to, to see it from a different perspective of what my grandchild has shared with me. So, um, yeah, right now I'll I'll hold with that. Um, Do we have any callers? We do. 214-907-214-907. You have a, a comment for us? I just like to pop in and listen sometimes. So I'm just an observer today, but thank you so much. I I definitely believe in the village concept, and I really believe that's where, um, especially as African descendants, that is where our magic was when we understood the power in raising our families together because there was a, a better support system. So I can really appreciate what the sister was saying about being an open grandmother, um, but still being a very active grandmother and, and a very uh, honest and aware because I believe a lot of the challenges with children is we don't allow them to speak their truth. And if we don't allow them to speak their truth, how can we really know what's going on in their head? And then they'll get answers outside. So I, I'm definitely in support. Thank you. Thank you for sharing those points with us. We appreciate that greatly. And I'm, I'm going to take uh, um, the liberty. Uh, we don't call on him often during our broadcast, but I just can't pass up on the opportunity to um, ask Dr. Rogers, who I believe is also in that grandparent space, Dr. Rogers, what can you tell us about being a grandparent and investing in your grandchildren? Dr. Rogers, we're not hearing you so clearly. Uh, 18 great grand and uh, 
also proud to say I have one um, uh, great 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 child. She is uh, she's now uh, about five years old. So I'm happy to have that. So I have a full family. Uh, most of the children come from from women, from girls. My son has two, but two of those grandkids are his. And then one of his sons is the one that has a large one. He has about eight or nine. So uh, I'm often called upon uh, for various roles, uh, which I'm almost willingly prepared to uh, respond. And obviously, like all of us as grandparents, the biggest role that we're called upon is to be babysitters. <coughs> and I do enjoy doing that. Um, and then also, uh, I'm very concerned that education-wise, that they're all doing well. Uh, I do try to stay away from the conflict areas because I know sometimes we do have different um, ways that we raise our children. I think a lot of times some of my grandkids do things that I don't really know so much approve of, and I say something to their mothers. suggestion and uh, so I try to keep it amical, amicable and that seems to work pretty good um, and I truly love being around them I enjoy uh, doing things with them and so uh, I think this is a, 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 a very powerful idea to discuss and investing your time energy as well as your resources. I've had to invest resources. Unfortunately, I lost uh, two of their mothers uh, to death, one to breast cancer and the other to um, thyroid problems. And so when that happened, and I really got called upon at that particular time, uh, and I think that happened more with the great upon them as grandmothers. And they played very major roles in their lives. So I like what you're doing. I like this discussion. I hope that uh, people do understand as uh, the sister, Sister Lodi said a few minutes ago, it's a village. We live in the African village. And uh, this is the way it works. Everybody participates. You know, everybody uh, contributes uh, into trying to make it whole. Because it's that contribution and contributing spirit that is passed on to them that they will then pass on to their children. So thank you so much for letting me speak. I, I, I hope that uh, more people will call and we can engage with them as well. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Rogers. We're so pleased to know that you too are a grandparent and um, this is an outstanding space to be in. I'm sure they have enjoyed greatly uh, those times where you have been uh, responsible for them. And and um, so I'm, I'm glad you did share with us. And I'm just enjoying certainly this conversation that, that we're having 
amongst one another. And um, I find it uh, interesting as I consider my generation as it relates to grandparents because there were there have been many of us who have said I'm not going to let them call me grandma they've got all these cute little names um, that they go by rather than acknowledging being grandma grandpa uh, they are often saying, I'm not babysitting. I'm not doing this the way my mother did and let them drop those children off at my house. And I'm, it makes me wonder, makes me wonder as to the state that we are in at this time that we're seeing just about every day, there is someone who has violated the space, the respect of another. And you'd have to wonder, were there grandparents in the space? Even if there weren't parents there, even if there are challenges and baggage between parent and their children but that's where a grandparent plays a big role in allowing for a discussion allowing you to feel special and I think that this is the overriding message that we've heard so many people speak of how special, how loved they felt. And in fact, I said there's some things I didn't mind doing, but I wouldn't do them if I thought they would hurt my grandmother. Because I knew she thought so much of me and she got such great joy. It was clear when I came into a space that I did not want to disappoint her. And so I think it would be difficult to do a drive-by. It would be difficult to shoot into someone's car. It would be difficult to do some of the horrendous things that we're seeing if there had been someone, and I don't know if anybody has done the research. I think we've got enough people who uh, have found themselves making a poor choice and are being incarcerated, uh, but for us to do some studies on those who had grandparents. And can you feel comfortable having had this person in your life who has shown such great interest in you to do some, some of the what seems to be unfeeling sorts of things 
that we're hearing. And so I, I think we need to look a little bit more at this new generation of grandparents and perhaps they have lost their way. They have failed to understand the message as to what your role is, that it means something to be a grandparent. Uh, many grandparents dream that their grandchild grows up to become president of the United States. And for the maternal grandparents of Barack Obama, Stanley and Madeline Toot Dunham, that dream came true. At the age of two, his parents divorced. Obama was raised by his grandparents in Honolulu, Hawaii from age 10 until he left for college. While his mother was a constant presence in his life, he credits both Toot, which is a fond name for grandma, and Stanley with instilling his Midwestern values. They gave me love and thirst for education and a belief that we're all part of something larger than ourselves. That's his quote. His grandfather, Stanley Dunham, passed in 1992, but he did live to see Barack attend Harvard Law School, where he was elected the first African-American to become the president of the prestigious Harvard Law Review. Of his grandmother, Madeline Dunham, she was the cornerstone of our family and a woman of extraordinary accomplishment, strength, and humility. His half-sister, Maya, says that we have a debt to her, which is beyond measure. Toot passed away on November 2nd, 2008, just two days before her grandson was elected president. And then Maya Angelou, has a story. She says her grandmother, Annie Henderson, would say, sister, if you see something you don't like, do everything you can do that's right to do, to change it. Annie Henderson used to tell her young granddaughter, my grandmother was the best. She didn't talk much. She spoke very softly when she did. And although she had truly a huge voice, Angela was raised by Henderson in the rural South after her parents, for all intents and purposes, abandoned my brother and me. She was much loved by her grandchildren, who described Annie Henderson as the greatest person I ever met. And Maya Angelou has gone on to say when she became a grandmother and also a great-grandmother, she tried very much to be like her grandmother. Oprah Winfrey, another one, credits her grandmother, Hattie Mae Lee, who raised her until age six on, uh, on her rural Mississippi farm. 
am where I am today, says Oprah, because my grandmother gave me the foundation for success. A strict disciplinarian with little money, Hattie Lee taught her granddaughter to read by age three, allowing the girl to skip kindergarten and get ahead in school. Oprah got her start public speaking, reciting Bible verses at her grandmother's church. All of the church sisters sitting in the front row would turn to my grandmother and say, Hattie Mae, this child is gifted. And I heard that enough that I started to believe it. When Lee took ill, Winfrey moved to Milwaukee to live with her mother. But it's Lee who probably saved my life, says Oprah. 50 Cent, another one. 50 Cent Curtis Jackson, rapper, was born when his mother was just 15 and died when he was only eight. Thankfully, his grandmother in Queens took him in. He cites his grandmother's role as the most important person in my life. Simone Biles, the most decorated female gymnast of all time, had an early life that was pretty rough. In and out of foster care as a youngster, Bile was eventually adopted by her maternal grandfather and his wife, who made it possible for Simone to receive gymnastic training. And I have friends in Milwaukee who have paid for gymnastic training, which is not cheap, for their granddaughter. And she is doing very well. Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas, Supreme Court judge, says that his grandfather, Myers Anderson, and his wife, Christine, took him in and his brother and raised them after a fire consumed the Thomas home. Jamie Foxx. Comedian, singer, and Academy Award-winning actor as an infant was adopted by his grandparents, Esther Marie and Mark Talley. They recognized his musical talent and sent him to uh, learn classical piano. A lot of people don't know that. He played that music in... um, his movie Ray and he played that himself. He is classically trained musician and his grandmother certainly helped to make that possible. So we've, we've, there are a lot of examples. There are a lot of examples and we had a little debate over presenting um, the story and the family of uh, Barack Obama because we have been very Afrocentric, and and I appreciate that, and I respect that. But the reality is that we are entering a world, more of the world, that should be loving. And so my hat goes out to any grandparent who steps out and takes the responsibility 
despite the circumstances, even if they're not what we would prefer, but to do the right thing and to recognize the talents, the beauty in our grandchildren and do what is right to see that they progress in a healthy manner and can do all of the many things that they are destined to do. And I'm just so happy that we are here able to to discuss this uh, topic. And I'm just wondering, uh, I'm going to go back to Queen Mother Shabaka, and you have, as you said, uh, grandchildren who uh, who also have grown children, but were there things that you noticed about the grandchildren that made you think there's something extraordinary about this child? They're all lovable. They're all uh, great. But did you ever find that there were some things that just stood out for you that made you wonder, does this child have some special purpose? And what do I need to help them develop those talents and skills? Well, of course, those that are are closer to me, My granddaughter, who lived in Milwaukee until last year, um, was always ahead of her time. She's the one that uh, finished high school at 16 and finished college at 20 and has done a lot of other things at a young age. And uh, she's the one that has been more like more like me. We, I'm looking at a picture up over my desk of when she graduated from high school, I think it is. And uh, it's like our two cheeks are cheek to cheek, and we're uh, we've been tight like that. She's the one that followed in my footsteps in um, in the real estate business. So, um, you know, I saw that uh, she had she was she was pretty uh, uh, close, you know, to me. Um, I have another granddaughter who is very talented artistically, and um, she her she went to Alverno and got a degree in uh, I, I probably can't say it word for word because they. They name the degrees based on what the student can do. 
but what she does is she promotes uh, music shows, and that was her love in in high school. She was always in the choir. She was in the plays, and she went to uh, Wauwatosa, and Tosa always had very good plays that uh, their students put on. So I always enjoyed going to the plays and to her music performances. So, you know, there's 16 of them, <laughs> and they all have their talent. But those are two that um, were here in Milwaukee uh, that I had the opportunity to observe more closely. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. The... Um, I think that there's such a, a, a challenge as a grandparent after having gone through being a parent. And there can be experiences that may have been disappointing. And it's so easy to say, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to get put that money in. I'm not going to spoil them, my grandchildren, because I did this with my children, and I didn't get the return on the investment. And I, I hope that we are able to move beyond that and to recognize this is a new another person and there is a different relationship I'm seeing between the grandparent and the grandchild and I thought it was very interesting that you brought up about the Native American and the grandparent raising children and I've heard this of many um, of our um, our uh, people who we know who are from uh, India and also um, who are keeping the children while their parents we see this in medicine while they are doing their residency and have long hours when they're not available and um, they are keeping the children and that's that's pretty much the norm and um, so I think that we really really have to be cautious in making a judgment on what we think is going to be more comfortable for us or more uh, profitable to keep our resources uh, because money is not going to answer every question. It's not all that there is in this consideration uh, to help to build the self-esteem that is so critical 
for the success of the children. And we do what we can. We do our best with our children. And perhaps we have a little better experience having had that one generation to work with so that we can have a take, take a little different view on even circumstances that we did uh, when we were parents. We were so uh, pushed often with trying to go to our jobs that we may not have been able to really analyze what we were going through or our children were going through. And when we see that situation come about in our grandchildren, as Dr. Rogers was describing, um, we can take a little different position and, and realize that that different position may in fact give us good or even better results. And that maybe some things aren't quite as serious as we took them when we were parents and as grandparents were able to reflect on that and, and respond accordingly. And so I'm, I am loving um, this conversation. As I said, I'm new to this and I'm learning and, and I'm enjoying um, not only observing and being around the grandchildren that I have, but the grandchildren that my friends have and uh, watching the dynamics that they have. It's a little different uh, uh, grandparents. Uh, you've got grandparents who have not been laborers, not been um, uneducated. You've, you have grandparents who have uh, been in corporate positions. You have grandparents that uh, are driving all over the country. You have grandparents who um, are uh, somewhat uh, different in their experiences. But the bottom line is that they're still babies that need some direction and they need uh, their uh, courage. They need their self-esteem boosted and boy oh boy grandparent can really do it and so I am so happy that we are having this conversation what what's the downside of being a grandparent I so agree with you, Dr. James. Before we get started on the downside, I would like to um, invite sponsors who are always welcome. Um, do you have a service you want others to know about? Have you written a book we need to read? Consider becoming a sponsor. Send us an email at sankofacouncilmke at gmail.com. Support the program that is working for you by bringing to you information you will not hear anywhere else that you need to know. 
contributions to support our broadcast efforts can be made to PayPal at Sankofa, lowercase, think, at outlook.com. Am I correct with that, Dr. James? Sankofa underscore. Under, okay. Under underscore think at outlook.com. Thank you. Yes. Um, for those um, are still, we still have an opportunity. We would love to have you, you call in um, at area code 215-490-9832. Area code 215-490-9832. Three, two. All right, back to you, Dr. Singh. Well, I put the question out there. Is there a negative for being a grandparent? What is it that we need to, to be mindful of um, and that you have found to be particularly challenging as a as a grandparent, Dr. Rogers uh, shared a little bit of that, but are there other thoughts that any of you might have on the negatives of being a grandparent? At this time, I, I really can't think of anything except for um, making sure I stay out of the conflict between um, parent and, and grandchild. Um, again, I, I don't um, want to be placed in the middle, um, and I refuse to be placed in the middle. And I tell them both, you know, I'll listen um, to both sides, um, but I'm not taking um, any um, sides per se. I may sometimes have to be the mediator um, of, you know, expression because a teenager is not always articulate, um, not able to always get their point across, but I'd rather be the mediator and, and say, you know, to the adults, give them time, you know, let them let let them accept what they're saying, you know. To 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 try to to um, clear the mind and uh, and hear what is being said versus what you're trying to read into it. And and for me right now, I find that kind of um, a struggle because when you have somebody who's all upset and you know and be quiet, I don't want to hear it. And it's like you you can't. When they're ready to open up, don't shut them down. You know, you may not always be what you want to hear, but it's needed to be heard, and they need to say it and share it. This is, um, um, it reminds me of uh, another grand grandmother's story, and, uh, and I would imagine maybe this was an example of a negative for the grandparent. And I had 
pretty much free will, free access at my grandmother's house. And um, my grandmother would go to the laundry, public laundry, to get her clothes washed, our clothes and things washed. And I found a coin purse. And I opened the coin purse, and it was like um, a pot of gold. And there were all of these coins in here. And I went in, and I took some of the coins. And it got good to me. And I went back and took some more of the coins. And to to my surprise, um, I didn't realize that the coins would be missed. And my grandmother didn't say anything to me. She said it to my mother. And as I recall, the question came to me. And of course, I was enjoying buying candy bars and things that I wouldn't have ordinarily been able to do had I not had this. But I didn't realize how tight my grandmother's um, funds were. And so she knew exactly how much money she needed to have, the change she needed to have to go to the, the laundry. And I'm sure it was very disappointing to her that I was stealing from her. And she never made me feel badly about it, but I felt so bad when it really occurred to me that I was using poor judgment and I was stealing from my grandmother. That never ha happened again. And I wouldn't steal a thing at this point. That was such a life-altering experience for me. Um, and we never, ever discussed that. Maybe that's why she would always see that I had a little extra funds. So I, she didn't want me to feel as though I needed to steal again. But it was effective. I didn't do that. Um, and I just would not have wanted to, moving forward, do anything that would disappoint her. Have any of you had any challenges with your grandchildren? Silence? Yeah. Okay. There, I mean, I would say that's a thought. I, I know I have. I would say more um, when, when you said that and as you were talking, I was thinking of not only grandchildren, but children. I'm one um, uh, uh, lying is a big, is a big thing for me. Um, and the reason why 
is because my mother always had an open door that I could go to her with anything, and I did. I had gotten into a fight in middle school, and the police um, were called to the campus, um, and they took um, my belt, which had a real big buckle back in the 70s when we used to wear those big buckles. And they said the only way to get it back would be my parent. And I kind of looked at them like, okay, I'm not worried. So when my mother came home, I explained the situation and what happened. And she said, okay, we went to pick it up. Um, And I got my belt back. So as long as I would share with her and let her know what was going on, she, I didn't, it's not that I wouldn't necessarily get in trouble, but the way she dealt with it was a lot different. So that um, taught me that um, I could go to her with anything, good or bad, and I wanted that for my kids and for my my granddaughter. Um, So I have an issue with with not coming with the truth. And, And I've experienced that, you know, from both of my children as well as my grandchild and and like I have always been taught if I can't trust you um then we have a problem that's a that's a valuable lesson to be able to have that that conversation mm-hmm. and I think that this is the kind of thing again that grandparents Um, are able to uh, impart to their grandchildren um, perhaps in ways that they were not able to share this with their own children. They understand the importance of it, of the issue of trust, um, but I guess as a lot has to be said in how it's said, um, the grandparents don't tend to have a, an angry conversation with their grandchildren, from what I've observed, and 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 maybe that's a, a valuable difference. Um, I- I agree. I think with time and with and and with experience, I think grandparents are more active listeners versus when you're when you're younger. So I think that plays a very valuable uh, role uh, to be able to um, instill in our grandchildren to let them know that I'm here to hear what you have to say. And like I said, again, it doesn't mean I condone it or I agree with it, but I'm here and I'm open. Um, We are coming to a close. So, Dr. James, is there anything you would like to say before? I just want to thank the Sankofa Council for allowing this conversation uh, for us to reflect on our roles and to share with others um, how important this is, this topic. And so I am just overjoyed 
and I've enjoyed having this conversation as we do uh, among ourselves and um, look forward to our listeners to reflect on what we've said here today. Okay. Queen Mother, anything real quick? Okay. No, thank you for the opportunity to reflect on what's coming to me is all that I've learned as a result of interacting with my grandchildren and great-grandchildren. All right. Well, we, Sankofa, thank you for joining us today. I thank also Dr. Rogers and the production staff and the Sankofa Council for its support of this program and for sharing their vision and unity, finding African-centric principles and helping us to learn and use those principles in our lives. We look forward to bringing to you more programs that we hope you will enjoy. Visit our sponsor at www.edocadvice.com and the Finley Finley Medical Clinic. Good night and stay safe. The Sankofa family and all of you until next time. Your host, co-host, Ifua Ma'at with Dr. Jane and Queen Mother Shabaka. Have a blessed in church on Sunday morning, Grandma's hand played a tambourine so well, Grandma's hand used to issue out a warning, she'd say, Billy, don't you run so fast, might fall on a piece of glass, might be snakes there in that grass, Grandma's hand. Unwed mother, grandma's hand used to ache sometimes and swell. Grandma's hand used to lift her face and tell her she'd say, Baby, grandma, understand that you really love that man. Put yourself in Jesus' hands, grandma's hand. that boy, what you want to spank him for, he didn't drop no apple core, but I don't have grandma anymore, if I get to heaven I'll